I'm so sorry that I interrupted you, but it I wrote down just in my notes that Karen equals 40 with, and I was going to write Yoda yoga pants, but then I was like, Yoda pants, it's right there. It was right there. The it's whole right time. there. It's right there the whole time. Yoda pants. Um, just end the episode right now. End it here. Hello. Oh, hi. Welcome to part 37 of Who the Fuck Did I Marry? No, just kidding. Stop. <laughs> we can't start talking about it on this podcast or I'll never stop. Well, we are not that series. We are yeah. Say Smut, a literary podcast for readers and non-readers. Yes, we are. And welcome to it. That is Sarah and she loves books. And that's Hope She Loves Talking to Me About Books. Each episode, I break down the plots of some pretty wild smut books to Hope who has not read them. And today is no different. She has not read them, but she has consumed almost seven hours of the different parts from the marriage that should have never been. Yes, I am in. What part am I in? I literally just left part 42 to come and record this podcast. Well, you are doing our our people a service by by consuming that story because I, I will, for one, will not be consuming the whole thing. That is OK. It's you got to really commit. And I have. Yeah, you know, everybody has their own thing, right? Yeah. That's all that matters. Well, today we are in another smut book. And I thought, you know, New Year's resolutions, this is typically the time that people drop out of their New Year's Mm -hmm. resolutions. I mean, if they hadn't already, like assuming you made it through the whole month of January, which, uh, yeah. And I think... I've had my eye on this author, Evie Mitchell, for a while because she does extremely inclusive uh, smut books. And I just thought to myself, you know what, let's mosey through because this this is actually the 10th book in a current 11 book series, I think. So um, all of them are like 50 some, 60 some, 70 some pages. They're not very long, Um, but they all take place in the same town and you'll kind of see some intersect. Uh, intersection of of people coming back from old books um anyway so this one's about new year's resolutions and i thought what a better time to tackle this than late february and remind you guys what you signed up for (laughs) just just days i'm trying to keep you guys motivated with smut and that's all that matters to me um that's the new slogan of our podcast motivated with smut that's all that matters to me that's all that matters to me. So we are doing resolution. Oh, look, this is going to tongue tie me. Resolution Revolution yes. by Evie Mitchell. Resolution Revolution. Earlier I was talking about it and I said resolution restitution. Mm, interesting. And that was not it. <laughs> that's a whole different that. book. That was an entirely different book. Whole different book. And so for this book, uh, some content warnings before we dive in, obviously explicit content. This is going to be a pretty fluffy book, um, but it does have mention of pregnancy. If any of this is out of your comfort zone, obviously subscribe, come back, chat with us later. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to also add another content warning, which is the warning by the author at the beginning of the book. Which Have says, we had this happen before? Well, okay. A lot of authors, this is not a serious content warning. A lot of right. authors will well, do like serious yes. ones where they're like, hey, there are all these really dark themes. This is not serious. This is, quote, this book contains hardwood. So get the a lumberjack and settle in because this New Year's romance is about to start off with a bang, end quote. That's wow. her warning. Wow. So, 
that started in kind of an old timey way and ended in a very regular conversational way. I'm not sure why the had to be in there, but mm-hmm. I liked it. I, I thought sure. it was fun. Look, I feel I feel forewarned. That's I do. Point. So Story Graph has a 3.54 mm-hmm. and Goodreads has a 3.83. So not too bad all around. Um, again, these are very fluffy books, light books. Um, not There's not going to be any shape shifting or monsters involved. This, these are Fine. normal people. We've had a, we kind of had a theme going there for a while. We even kicked off this, this part with a, a Minotaur uh, last episode, but we are now stepping back into the normal world. And I want to give this uh, this author description from her specific author page. So I believe she wrote this or somebody on her team did. Evie Mitchell is a 30-something woman, she, her, living with Crohn's disease. She loves dirty books, sassy heroines, and heroes who know how to treat their partners right. She lives with her husband, their sausage dog, and an ever-growing collection of book-related mugs. When she's not writing, Evie loves curling up in the sun with an excellent book and a cup of tea. Evie specializes in fiercely inclusive happily ever afters. And I think Yay. that's a great summary of the books I've seen from her um, of multiple different titles. So before we jump in to these resolution revolutions, do you have any questions? Are you restitutions? Do you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, or are you ready? I am ready. All right. Well, we open on our main character, Karen. And she out the gate just says, my name is a meme. And <laughs> I get it. I get it. But she and, and her name's going to come in. It's not going to be super important, but it there's a subplot point, if you can even call it that, later on. So just know her name's Karen. Tough stuff. She is a co-host of a podcast. And she is me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, She is a co-host of a podcast called Wicked Women. Mm. And the podcast is about being feminist, feminine, and fine as fuck. That's a Fuck yeah. So the podcast producer, okay? So Mm -hmm. you have Karen and her co-host, Hannah. Mm -hmm. Hannah has her own book. Hannah's book is actually happening simultaneously to this book. Oh, there are okay. hints of it happening. Um, but their producer, who is a very pregnant woman named Christy. Yes. Uh, she is done with these ladies sticking behind their microphones and computers. She's like, let's spice things up. She gets on the mic during their episode and says, I have a fun project for you guys. We are going to do New Year's resolutions to get you guys out into the world trying new things. And... The producers are asked, uh, or sorry, the producer asked listeners to send in bucket list items from the local area. So the two hosts have to go and do these items that have been sent in by or listeners, readers, listeners, and they're going to check them off one by one. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, at this point, I will be asking you the history of New Year's resolutions or where it's come from or any fun facts you may have. Absolutely wonderful. Welcome to my report. Same shit, different year. Or where do New Year's resolutions come from? Amazing. Not yeah. as clever, like pun wise, as some of your other things, but I do feel the passion. No, but I'd love to title. hear you try and make a good New Year's pun because no, I, I don't think I could. 
no, it's not. It wasn't there, and I'm not trying to force it. Um, before we get started, I would like to say thank you so much to Sarah Pruitt at History.com um, because I said I would.org and our good, good friends at Wikipedia, and also myself for the definition of news resolution, which I did not feel the need to research, and that I, in fact, just wrote myself. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I trust you. You are an expert in every field you research. Yes, I always have been, and I always will be. Um, and for legal reasons, oh, that's not true. Always said that on this podcast. <laughs> for, for legal reasons, this is not <laughs> accurate. But thank yeah. you for all kinds of reasons. This is not accurate. Um, so this is just like a fun general note. Uh, in an effort to make my research a little more concise, I've devised the following categories in a, the podcast document that Sarah and I use um, to put all of our notes in. So. Like it has no impact on the listeners or this specific research, but I just thought I'd share anyway. Um, my research, whether you're following along, can be broken up into the following categories. What, which is spelled W-A-T, um, just in all caps. And then who did this and where, though, because those can kind of be combined. And then why are they like this? And then finally, watch what happens next. Wow, that was a lot of really vague Mm-hmm. exclamations I it's guess. like the who what when where and why i'll be covering throughout my research but in headlines that i think are funnier i appreciate I it it's not important it's just a fun up it's a resolution i have to make my research more organized when i'm putting it together for the podcast <laughs> and this is how i've chosen to organize it and everyone is welcome well i feel welcome anyway let's get to the what of what resolutions are um for the sake of oh, any future beings who find this podcast years later and maybe who don't know what a New Year's resolution is, I'm happy to tell you that a New Year's resolution is like a goal or a set of goals that someone might set at the beginning of a new year. Uh, They're generally created with the intention of starting the year off on the right foot or bettering oneself or kind of resetting for the new year. So an example might be that someone might have a New Year's resolution to drink more water or to be more mindful or to reduce their screen time, all kinds of stuff. Um, famously, many people who set resolutions uh, almost immediately give up on them or forget to keep up with them within like the first few months of the year. And basically the bit of New Year's resolutions is that nobody makes them past or like most people don't make it past January and very few people make it to through the new year. So it's just like sort of a funny thing to even set these goals in the first place. But we tend to do them anyway. Sarah, do you have any resolutions for 2024? I do. Um, gosh. Some of them are a little private, but um, the public ones are like, I, as somebody who works from home full time, like I want to, you know, keep my body moving through the day. And so uh, I'm not like exercising to like lose weight and try and like do that. I'm more just doing it more to make sure I'm staying moving throughout my day and not sitting at a computer for eight hours and not moving. Um, And then, yeah, I have a book goal, you know, on my Goodreads, I have a book goal to go over 100 books. I did 110 last year. So I think it's obtainable. But those are my public facing ones I'm willing to address. Yes, my resolutions are all based around building more confidence within myself and then using it to do well at work and like try new things and stuff. Anyway, I love it. I, I just I figure most readers know what a New Year's resolution is. Again, if you didn't, that's that's what it is. If you are Sarah, an alien who has come to our planet and you need <laughs> to know, this is it. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Quite, I don't know how you got here. I don't know how you found this podcast. I don't know why you're listening this far in, but you are. And that's what a New Year's resolution is. Um, so who did this and like where did it happen? Um, the website, because I said I would, dot org, really squashed my vibe in doing this research. Like, 
right off the bat. I think it was one of the first articles I opened. Um, and it has this for real passage in their article, History of New Year's Resolutions. Quote, don't get too bummed out, but the concept of a New Year's resolution doesn't have a single historical origin. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Oh, great. Well, this I awesome. We're starting so strong. Um, <laughs> despite this rather big bummer, the website and Wikipedia and um, an article written by Sarah Perot at history.com that is about the history of New Year's resolutions have all mentioned and agree that ancient Babylonians were among the first people to set resolutions at the start of the new year and that this happened around 4,000 years ago or in 2000 BC. And this was in Mesopotamia. Okay, that's impressive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That so sounds like get... history. Yes. It, it doesn't sound like there's no single historical origin that felt very dramatic and very let's chill maybe they're not experts on what they're writing Matt. well they did go on to kind of confirm this anyway so i don't i don't know what we were doing with the intro but anyway um wikipedia also noticed this isn't very helpful but wikipedia noticed that the practice is more common in the western world but that it can also be found in the east so we all be be doing everybody everywhere all at once everyone everywhere all at once are trying to better themselves for the new year so anyway we have um in mesopotamia the ancient babylonians and they're celebrating a new year what does this look like um these resolutions don't really look like ours today but kind of um according to pruitt's article the babylonians were the first to hold recorded new year celebrations um so they held this 12-day religious festival at the beginning of the year although uh their new year began in mid-march when they started planting crops there wasn't i don't think the concept of january exists yet but Mm -hmm. where it would fall in the modern calendar was actually in mid-march um these festivals were called akitu so Mm -hmm. um here's where the resolutions come in during these festivals babylonians would um, if they didn't have a current king, they would crown a new king. If they had an existing king, they would uh, reestablish their loyalty to that king, sort of like a resolution to be loyal, if mm. you will. And then additionally, because it was also a religious festival, the people would make promises to the gods that they would pay off any of their debts in the new year and that they would return all borrowed objects. And that's resolutions. So sure. Yeah. I mean, yes. those are all promises. Like, I mean, a resolution is essentially making yeah. a... A promise or a vow so i get that yes so pruitt writes these promises could be considered the forerunners of our new year's resolutions if the babylonians kept to their word their pagan gods would bestow favor on them for the coming year if not they would fall out of the god's favor a place no one wanted to be so yeah well you know let's all organize it you know back to organized religion um because that's gonna you know (laughs) Yeah, really strike fear in people. We knew it would tie. It usually ties into most things in one way. Yeah, yeah, it's up in there. Um, admittedly, I found that these old time festivals lacked fat, flashy ball drops and drunk hosts and like diaper usage in Times Square, but it was a different time, so you know we still celebrate in different ways. Look, not everybody can have Ryan Seacrest, you know. Not everybody, or you know, you know, Andy Cohen and Mm -hmm. Anderson Cooper. So. just stars well they could have us they just need to ask yeah we will be happy to host we'll watch your balls drop <laughs> our other new slogan we'll watch your balls drop say uh, smut we'll watch your balls drop <laughs> we won't though that's 
it's not right. Anyway, um, so let's watch what happens next with New Year's and New Year's resolutions. So um, all three of my sources cite that the Akitu festivals were adopted by ancient Romans, um, but that the day that New Year's was celebrated changed in 46 BC with the adoption of the Julian calendar, which is like our modern calendar kind of. So basically Julius Caesar is like, first of all, January exists now. Congratulations. Great. Um, and second of all, we will celebrate the new year on January 1st. Um, the reason why, according to the Because I Said I Would article, is that, quote, the name January comes from the god Janus, um, the god of new beginnings. Janus is often illustrated with two faces, one looking into the future and one looking into the past. On January 1st, government officials would make promises to the emperor himself to show loyalty. The courts would close for a half a day and New Year's Day was considered a holiday. Um, and then during these New Year celebrations, we also get some sacrifices to deities and some promises to Janus that like they're going to be good in the new year. So that's like the January 1st New Year comes into being this yeah. way. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. I like Jan. I like Janice's appearances. Yes, That's yes, very fun. Um, so now we've got a modern calendar kind of slowly spreading across the world, and we're all celebrating New Year in January, having all kinds of promises for the New Year ahead, which is great. Um, Wikipedia listed some practices that are similar to New Year's resolutions, um, both inside of and out of like a religious context. So one was that medieval knights used to make this thing called a peacock vow that was made around the end of Christmas time. So kind of close to new year. And that was to renew their vows of chivalry. Sure. Interesting. Why not? Um, there were promises for the new year made, you know, in Christianity, not only over new year. So like there is a uh, covenant revival or sorry, covenant renewal service or a watch night service that are held on new year's Eve. And these started in 1740. And that's a lot of like, coming together and praying and you know mm -hmm. resolving to be better even outside of new year there was also mention of um during lent for a lot of christians people will you know make sacrifices or resolve yeah. to do something in that time like it's not quite new year's but it's also kind of a resolution um the wikipedia also noted that there are some parallels to this in other religions and religious holidays think rosh hashanah and judaism etc so very fun. That's pr that's pretty much the whole history. I wanted to close with one final fun fact, which is that the first Times Square ball drop happened in 1907 and balls have been dropping in New York City ever since. Balls have been dropping in New York City and on the Say Smut podcast ever since. Ever since. I don't know why our podcast makes your balls drop. I think that's a problem. Go see a doctor. Go see a doctor. No, that was wonderful. That had a lot more history. I like how far back the history went. I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be, because I think you can tie a lot of things. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, why do we have Christmas so close to New Year's when obviously we know as Christians, um, well, I guess like historians will say that Jesus was born during the summer. And it's like, well, could you be even say that there was like an, a rebirth or like kind of a new cycle when Jesus was born? Like there's there's whole concept of like almost renaissance there. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting too philosophical. This is not a philosophical podcast. I just appreciate that throughout all of time, people have been like, yeah, I'll totally do this to be better. And that they then failed to do so. And even though they didn't quite get it right, the next year comes up and they're like, this time for sure. We're getting better. And it's that's just I a also, perseverance and dedication. I appreciate. 
I love that it used to be tied to like gods and stuff. And like, uh, that's not a new concept, right? Like we've heard of that so many times where it's like, well, you know, praise to this God or goddess. And then she'll do this for our crops or she'll do this for, you know, our town or whatever. And like, they just kind of mesh that with the new year. They're like, you know what? This year you're going to help me if I do. Yeah. That, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this year you're going to be nice to me. I now have a timeline I can follow. And if you haven't fulfilled the promise by this one, then we'll reset. It's a new year and we'll try yeah. again. <laughs> it's just like a never ending, like, like question box. And it's like, please, can I get this now? Can I? I'll, okay, but I'll do it this time. I see that you didn't get me a new car, enough money for a new car in 2023. But don't worry. Now it's 2024. We can start all over. Let's try again. Give yeah. me that money. Uh, how long do you go until you just realize you've been ghosted by the gods and goddesses? Um, your bad, bad New Year's resolutions. Well, I think you've done an amazing job showing us a full picture for um, anybody who might need to even know what a resolution is to where did resolutions come from to when did balls start dropping in New York? Um, no one could say until you told us. Mm -hmm. So on this list that has come in from readers or I keep saying readers, stop it. From listeners, we yeah. even have a podcast. We, we have podcasts. I should know. Right <laughs> I should know better. So, from the listeners, there are things on this like zip lining, a Brazilian cleanse, something called like a mm -hmm. meatloaf treatment, something like that, and so oh. much more. I like uh, like scuba diving, all that stuff, right? And Karen and Hannah are not excited about this because some of them on the list are so out of their comfort zones. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, there's, you know, a 10th book. Um, and so Karen in her book has to sign up. Her first thing is to go do zip lining. Whereas Hannah in yeah. her book has to sign up and go do like the spa treatment thing. Mm. Anyway. So that's why they're kind of happening at the same time. Right. In these two books. But we're following Karen's story. So she, uh, goes to this zip line company business. I don't know. Um, and meets the two owners who are two men who are married to each other and are also yeah. married to a woman. That's fun. And it's a very fun. They also have their own book. Those three in, Ooh. Uh, I don't know if it's, is it polygamy at that point? If they're married, I think so. I don't really know a lot about polygamy yeah. so much. If they're all married, I think that would be how that works. I don't know. But I also don't know when it's all three of them are equals versus one of them is in a relationship with like sister wives type of situation. So yeah. the sister wives are not in a relationship versus like all of them are in the relationship. Well, that's just up to the, the people I don't, involved in the relationships there. We need, well, that'll be a research for another that's, day. That's just none of our business. I don't think, but there's a polyamorous element to it. Right. Sure. Um, yes. So she is getting saddled up in her harness um, and just for a visual of what this may look like, this is a, Karen is a woman in her forties and she is a curvy woman mm -hmm. and she's got this harness around her booty and her thighs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Making sure it's on there good. And a group of men walk in and they are looking at her ass. And she well. was like, they are either looking at my great ass because it's great or it's because I've got very nuanced uh leggings on that have baby baby yoda printed all over them huh huh not what i'm I not sure why that 
I'm not sure why that had to be a plot point. There's a lot of things hey. in this book that I was like, not sure why we had to have that plot point, but okay. You know what? Very specific. Very specific. Uh, so sh- one of the guys, first of all, every person you interact with in these books is attractive. I want you to know. Good. I just It's assumed. one of those books where like everybody is everybody's cup of tea. So you're all like, oh, you're all hot. Everybody's hot all the time. But oh, one of ooh. the guys- Plus, wait, hold on. Plus. Could we say that she is wearing Yoda pants? Like instead of yoga pants? That was the best pun. That was the best pun. Yay. Thank you for giving me a pun this episode that even if it wasn't in your head, your headlines. Yay. I'm so it. sorry. I'm so sorry that I interrupted you, but it I wrote down just in my notes that Karen equals 40 with, and I was going to write Yoda yoga pants, but then I was like, Yoda pants, it's right there. It was right there. The it's whole right time. there. It's right there the whole time. You heard it here first, folks. Yoda pants. Um, we can just end the episode right now. End it here. We're just we're done. No Goodbye. balls have dropped though, so unfortunately, we must keep going. So there's one of the guys in the group uh, who is a little older. He's got salt and pepper hair. He's very hot. His name is Will, and they have to do some practice exercises before they can actually go zip lining, you know, and mm-hmm. like make sure they're all safe. And her and Will partner up for you know the exercises because naturally um and while they're practicing he tells her that he is a lumberjack that works with sustainable timber harvesting i would like first of all i can't believe you didn't have me do research on sustainable timber harvesting he essentially described it well what it waters down to is he is not cutting down trees in the forest he's like cutting down old houses that have wood to them and then reusing that wood so like that's really what they explain it as okay i wonder if that's real it sounds made up it sounds made up but also we love sustainability yeah i want it to be real it just sounds made up to me hope yeah and she says quote i have to admit i have never given hard wood that much thought end quote I knew we'd love get a, a wood love joke. Love a good wood joke. It's not what I thought um, the wood joke would be. I don't know. But. I'll also say during these exercises, Will gives her the nickname Carrie without asking her, which, by the way, if my name was Karen and I just met somebody super hot and he started calling me Carrie, I would think it's because he doesn't remember my name correctly. Yeah, I don't. I guess I wouldn't have assumed that that was supposed to be a nickname. I would have assumed that that man didn't know my name. Yes. Like, okay, it also so bold to assume nicknames after you just met somebody, but apparently she likes this. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad that she enjoys it. In general, I would just ask a person what they like to be called and yeah. then call them what that is. Yeah. Just yeah, to be, that would just be, you be know, a normal person. Yeah, just to be a regular person about it. Anyway, so I'm she, glad it all worked out. <laughs> she accidentally falls on him during, like, the exercise and she like kind of makes a joke about crushing him. And then he says, quote, you've got the kind of curves I love. We should go out sometime, end quote. And then they're both shocked that he said it. I'm like, that's so <laughs> bold. That's so bold. You don't just slip that one out. You don't slip it out. I'm just, but imagine being like, <laughs> those curves, so good. We should take, like, in a super sultry way, because I can't imagine it was said awkwardly. Be like, we should go out sometime, and then it'd be like, <gasps> to yourself after you said it. <laughs> yeah, which is how they, how she, like, kind of phrases up the scene. Um, 
and then they agree to go for dinner the next day. Okay. But wait, hold on. Can you can you read what he said one more time? But instead of reading it in like the nice sultry way you did it, try reading it in like a panicked, it's just coming out way, and then we can both be okay, shocked okay. when you're done okay, to see okay, how okay. it sounds. Okay, I'm ready. All right, all right. Are you ready? ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm so ready. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. You got like the kind of curves I love. Uh, we should go out sometime. Woo! <laughs> That's delightful. We should do more. Or, or like, like or that. like. Okay, so, can you can you repeat the lines? I'm having a hard time remembering it, so I can recite it. But I also want to give this a try. Can you repeat it for you've me? You've got the kind of curves I love. We should go out sometime. Uh, you've got the kind of curves I love. We should go out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> that was so manic. Like that was so like. That's oh what gosh. I'm envisioning of in like so being like a surprise of words. Just like threw it up. <laughs> just threw it up. So they agree to go to dinner the next day, but they're still in the scene, right? They're mm-hmm. still in the currency. I don't want you to think we've jumped. Forward. Yes. No, we're still getting, doing our exercises to zip line and uh, the yes. exchange has happened, but we have made plans for tomorrow. Have you ever zip lined before? No, I have not. Have you? It's Yes. It's quite fun. Is it? I, I worked at a summer camp. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's the place to do it. Too. Yeah. It's a good time. Or like, you know, South America, like Costa Rica or something. Yeah. Know um well we learn a little bit more about will okay Mm -hmm. he is in his mid-40s um he had a teen pregnancy where he got married at 17 to Mm -hmm. the baby mama but divorced at 18 so he is technically divorced but he not only has one biological child he also has adopted children and he continues to foster children Uh uh-huh um so a heart of gold right Sure. That's what, but all of um, he's got uh, six sons. Wow, that's a lot of sons. Um, so she's obviously very nervous about this zip lining thing. She hates heights, as do I. And he helps her through every ounce of it. You know, come on, baby. Like, and I'm like, okay, well, we we've skipped a lot of you know nicknames here. Yeah, right? this is, like, it's also a lot to pack in one day's one worth of conversation. Day. Um, I was a divorcee at 18. I have six sons and I'm always fostering children. Yeah. So you then, can do it. Go down the zip line. Woo. Yeah. And then he, this gets worse. Just oh, wait. No. Even though they're going on a date tomorrow, he mm-hmm. asks her to come have pizza with him and his family right there. And then after zip lining. all six sons with all six sons. Oh, all my sons. All my six brothers for six brides. Six six brides for six Six sons. Sons. Uh, Okay. Beautiful. uh. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Okay. So it's. That's so much pizza to buy. (laughs) Also, they're now at pizza. Imagine you met this woman this afternoon. Where were the kids while you were ziplining? Well, maybe school. I don't know. I know one of the sons was with him. At ziplining, when his dad was like, "You've got the kind of curves I like. We should go out." Yeah, sometimes. no, that hope, hope I can't. I, hope I cannot wait to tell you it gets so much worse. No. It gets so much worse. Okay, so they go to pizza now. He's now invited her to meet his whole family at pizza. They've only spent an afternoon together. Uh-huh. I am imagining like the movie Cheaper by the Dozen. Oof. Featuring Steve Martin, mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. and except for like cheaper by the half dozen, like you know, 
<laughs> you know, like it's chaos. It's chaos. Mm-hmm. These boys are all over the place. And at one point, like, you know, they're kind of making moony eyes at each other. And one of the boys goes, are you two going to kiss? You know? And then after some hesitation, they go for it. And when I say they go for it, no, 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 Hope. Hope, if I had to read this, you have to listen to it. That's a part of the bargain with this podcast. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they start kissing. And then it starts getting with tongue. And by the way, they're at a restaurant, so they're not even like at home. They are <laughs> making out with tongue. She is fisting his shirt. He is grabbing the hair at the back of her how, head. How old are these are these kids? Oh, I will get there, but I'm not going to get there yet because I want you to just. This might be a crime. <laughs> so they don't stop making out until one of the kids is like, "Dad, Dad." So. Back to the podcast crew. They've, you know, made out at dinner. Uh Kids interrupt them. They have a, they finish the dinner and they had a wonderful time. And now we're on to the next day. I don't believe anyone in that restaurant had a wonderful time. No, I think that they all walked away traumatized. Like World War One veterans. Like it was bloody murder out there. Um, Just wait. So podcast crew um is talking about their first experiences doing these events, right? These mm-hmm. resolutions. And they're recording the podcast and openly talking about their experiences, including the men that they have met. By the way, the men know that they have a podcast. So they're just like openly saying a lot of this stuff without much. So I met a 40, mid 40 year old man named Jeff when I was ziplining. He's got six sons and the kind of, cur- I've got the kind of curves he likes. We're going on a date tomorrow. Well, let me tell you, not only <laughs> that. Open mouth made out in front of his children at a restaurant. Ages of the children, I might disclose on this podcast yet to find out. I will disclose it. Me, myself, Sarah will disclose it in a little bit. But there's, we have to look at the character, Hannah who again has her own book, but I'm just going to lightly touch on what she talks about on the podcast. Oh boy. Okay. She talks about going to the spa treatment thing that this guy misunderstood what the spa treatment was and it goes, but he's like, okay, I'll just stick it out. And he's what's considered like strong fat or like, you know, like where they're very strong, but they still got a tummy and stuff. Sure, yeah. You should know about Hannah. She does not touch anybody, like not even her friends, like not her family. She does not touch or like kiss anybody. For for some reason, she's learned BDSM being a matrix I, or matrix. Dominatrix. Dominatrix. Thank you. Um, And like, I don't understand that whole subplot. I'm going to be honest. It's probably in her book. But she like meets this guy and sees him naked and then like sees his belly and then tells him, I'd like to kiss your belly. And he's like, I'm good. And then like walks away. And then she explains this whole interaction on the podcast. Oh, mm, that's weird. It's sharing a lot is what I'm going to say. And then she admits on the podcast because they talk through the situation and she's like, maybe I just shouldn't admit to kiss people unsolicited in public. Maybe I should like ask them for dinner first. And it's like, oh, yeah, maybe oh, you should. Wow. Hannah, get your I, shit together. Like, if if the story had ended in success, I mean, I still wouldn't have told it on the podcast, but I 
I guess it would make more sense if that had been the case, but it wasn't. So I just would have kept this one to myself. Yeah, I, I would have, personally wouldn't have executed it at all. So yeah, I would have definitely been like, let's talk about that off mic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's fast forward to the date portion of the night, right? So there's mm-hmm. a group text message with the sons and Will in which the sons encourage him to use a condom. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. And the sons are you at some point have to tell me how I'd like are. to remind you at this time, because you knew and I didn't tell you, but I expected you to know that the ages of these sons range from mid 20s to preteen. You should have introduced that information in reverse. <laughs> Because at first I was like, oh, they're all in their 20s. So this is embarrassing that I'm making such a big deal. Nope. Of it. But then you went backwards in age to, sorry, teenagers? Pre-teens. Oh. I'm pretty sure like the youngest is supposed to be like 9, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. And then one of the, the youngest like responds and is like, what do you use condoms for? And then he's like, I'll tell you when I get home. I'm like, okay, look, look, I'm glad we're very sex positive. You got to teach kids. You got to make sure everybody knows what's up. All about that. I just wouldn't make out in front of an 11 year old. I also like, okay, I literally said in my notes, I would not be saying this in a group chat with a preteen about my own dad. That's not me being sex negative. That's just awkward in every sense of the word. Yeah, um, I, they have a familial relationship that is different than ours, is what I yeah. can say. Look, I am all about being open about sex. I'm all about being, uh, you know, educating young people about sex. Um, would I encourage, and like, you know that your dad had a teen pregnancy, you know, with your not stepmom, because most of you are adopted, like, it's so weird about that, but it is something to so, consider in the situation, I suppose. Yeah. They were joking about that initially, and then like, oh, oh. Mm. then they were like, "We don't need a repeat," you know, yada yada. Okay, so when he gets, she opens the door to because he walks up to the door to take her for dinner. She's wearing a tight dress, and once he sees her ass, he literally says, "I need a taste of you," and then like plows into her doorway and like max on her right there. And then he comes All to right. his senses and he's like, I've got to take you for dinner first. I'm sorry. Like that was inappropriate. And she's like, it's screw just... dinner. Let's oh, go to okay. the bedroom. We're going That's... to the bedroom right now. Honestly, I'm glad that it worked for her. He, There's lots of dirty talk involved. And it's, I'm going to be honest, if somebody were to talk to me that way, so awkward. Like there was no finesse. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just a lot of repeating the F word over and over again. Um, sure, sure. Sometimes you, he... you run out of things to say. <laughs> He like lightly edges her, which if you don't know what edging is, it's taking you to the precipice, but not allowing you to finish. And then like allowing you to calm down a little bit and then taking you to the precipice again and then taking you down a notch and going back and forth. So he like lightly edges her like one or two times and then they aggressively go to pound town. Hmm. And when they go to pound town, he goes to get protection from the door. And I'm going to read this direct. His son said... His sons told him, which means he has to take it as, you know, word. But here's what the direct quote says. And this is from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Quote, I reached over, finding a dusty packet. No oh. doubt expired, judging by the picture on the box. Do condoms expire? Fuck it. This will have to do. End quote. No, don't no. love that. No, no, no. Hey, 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 everyone, don't do that. If you Don't think they're that. expired, 
don't just go for it. Like maybe mm-hmm. not. Don't go for maybe it. Maybe not. If I it's, know that if the package is dusty and the images on the box indicate that they were from many, many years ago, go get new ones first before you go to Poundtown. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, how do you feel about the word milking during sex scenes? Um, I know it happens. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I I've I've heard of it and I okay. know people call it that. I would love to vote um as the Say Smut podcast community that we retire the use of that word casually. Like not in fluffy happy rom-coms are we just going to all of a sudden say milk. Like I don't know. I, it, I, this didn't hit the spot. I don't know. Um, so You're after feeling lactose intolerant about the whole thing, I'm really feeling, yeah, a little IBS about the whole thing. Um, <laughs> so after they're done in pound town, he apologizes for going so hard before they even got to dinner because he wanted mm-hmm. to na- make the night perfect. Mm-hmm. And she says, quote, I got laid by a man I deeply respect and am overwhelmingly <laughs> attracted to. I'm pretty sure this is perfect. I don't know if I've been a single person that within the day I've been like, I deeply respect you. She was probably like, oh my gosh, my ovaries are yelling at me that he has also adopted these sons and he's like, you know, doing sustainable lumber. And I just, oh, I forgot about the sustainable lumber. How could you forget about the sustainable lumber? Good with wood. Good. That's our other new slogan on this podcast. <laughs> good with wood. I, that's good my favorite wood. slogan, I think. I think I like that one. Best it's too. a little exclusive. I would like to open up to say that we could be good with all kinds of stuff. Good but. with milking and wood. <laughs> I think we could work to broaden our horizons. We'll have to hit the drawing board for that later. <laughs> all right. You hit me with those puns. Um, okay. <laughs> so over the next few weeks, they become closer and closer and mm-hmm. they're dating and they do deeply respect each other. They do deeply respect each other. It's been other. a week. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks and you'll see why in a little bit <laughs> because they end up doing some of the bucket list items that she has to do together. Mm-hmm. And one of time they're doing scuba diving and he even brings some of his family members. And they're eating lunch on the boat. And she starts throwing up outside of the boat, right? Yeah, and I would too. over the next few days, the nausea doesn't go away. So they go to the doctor. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot about our trigger warnings. I was hoping you would. I, I assumed that we were just supposed to be triggered by the producer of the podcast who was pregnant. I think that's the perception, right? And that's why I did put it in there. That son, she was- of a, son of a bitch. <laughs> So sure enough, Karen is pregnant. Karen. So the doctor obviously tells she's worried because obviously this is a geriatric pregnancy. She's in her 40s. Like, you know, there's more risks that come with being in your 40s. And I would like to say that I'm worried because this man has not been married since he's 18. I mean, and that's just something that I've got some concerns about. Yeah. I mean, I think there's more to dive into there, but um, anyway, but yes, we all have our own valid concerns. I would hate to pull the card. That's like, how are you this age and so perfect and still single? Like what's the red flag, but also some people could look at me and be like, Sarah, how are you 27? No, I think the red flag is getting married at 17 and divorced at 18, possibly having six sons, but I'm not going to say. 
hope. Well, okay. I don't think those are red flags. I'm going to say, because first of all, he could have been pressured into it by his family. And That's then true. like, once That's he was true. like, he was like out of that and he was like, you know what? It wasn't going to work out. We got married for the wrong reasons. That's he true. had one biological kid. He started fostering and then adopted five more. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't think mm-hmm. those are red flags necessarily, but I definitely think that there's some therapy that needs to be done. For sure. So something happened that was very tough. Yeah. So, Okay. So the doctor tells them she is shocked, but like so excited. So she's turning to him and being like, oh my gosh, like, yay, yay, yay. And he's like shell shocked. Like you and me both, my friend. Oh my gosh. So then he's like, hold on. I need to make a phone call and like walks out of the room. And she thinks she starts spiraling. Like she thinks this is rejection. She thinks that this is not the best way for him to react what she doesn't know is that he's going to the gift shop attached to the uh, the hospital mm-hmm. and getting her something. Now, can you explain any hotel or sorry, not hotel, hospital gift shops you've been in? Uh, so I'm going to say right off the bat, and maybe this is relevant and maybe this is not. I personally haven't seen engagement rings in a hospital gift shop i don't know if that's relevant i'm just gonna say i personally you're making a lot of assumptions i'm just gonna say in case it needs to be said which it might not need to be said i've never seen that um usually it's full of flowers teddy bears things you would normally present in this situation Mm -hmm. um like magazines i think maybe sometimes snacks Mm -hmm. um so i have been into some that have like clothes because there are people who stay for a while and they're not like lots of crazy clothes um and then also you can buy some kind of more expensive gifts like i do think that depending on the hospital some shops might have like some bracelets or like maybe some necklaces but not like anything big and grand which again might not necessarily be relevant but it's just something i thought i would toss in there Thank you for tossing in there because I used to volunteer a long time ago at Mm -hmm. a hospital gift shop and it was only for a short time in my life, but it was a very nice hospital and a very nice gift shop. Mm -hmm. And it had like it. So I understand what she's about to explain. The author's about to explain because it had like local artisan stuff in it Yes, for like Mm -hmm. nice gifts. Obviously it had the stereotypical like, yes, like some of the clothes, some of the bracelets, aforementioned some art. I don't, yeah, I would not necessarily say that has, it has like engagement rings, but sure enough, you are on the right path that he is going to get an engagement ring from the hospital gift shop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just thought maybe everyone should know the sort of ring we're working with. If realistic will not look like an engagement ring, but if it looks a little funky could just be a crazy engagement ring. Maybe it's a super fancy hospital. Maybe people are getting engaged there all the time. I couldn't possibly know because I did not read the book. You did not. I did though. And he texts his family and (laughs) is like in that group chat and is like, um, speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm proposing to Karen. Literally that is what he says. Boys. Good news. One used a condom. Two, it was old and dusty. Three, it did not work. Four, I am about to propose to a woman who, you guessed it, I did get pregnant because of the old dusty condom. Thumbs up in the chat if you are cool with a new mom. And go. Okay, I can't talk shit. Here's why. Here's why I can't talk shit about texting your children about getting engaged. Because my stepdad texted me 
when I was what, 13, 14 and asked if it was okay if I, he married my mom and he said, I wish I I wanted to do it with all you kids in person, but Mm -hmm. like, it was kind of a weird, like rushed incident. And also also my siblings were in different places, but so I can't talk too much shit, (laughs) but but, well, no, I guess it's okay if this were still true. But I would like to point out that these two have not known each other for very long. I'm so glad you say that because one of the sons says, quote, about time. Oh, interesting. I The way that the mechanic of time works in this book is different <laughs> from how time works on Earth, where it goes at a normal rate. Um, it's much faster there, probably, I can only assume. Again, I didn't read the book because it must have, it may be in dog years, they've been dating for a super long time. Yeah. Is, I guess. So she, meanwhile, Karen's in the room, right? She's still in the hospital room and she's now calling, doing all the spiraling. And during her little oh, internal no. dialogue, she's calling herself Carrie. I don't know. We just changed names. Okay. <laughs> just gone gone is karen she is now carrie new year's resolution no Karen. whole new identity she she was like i undercover i did say earlier my name was a meme and i am glad to be rid of it you can call me mommy carrie (laughs) you can and uh i want you to also know that i wasn't going to mention this but now that you've brought it up uh his name is will and his last name is dog d-o-g-g so at one point you can see text exchange between these characters and his oldest son, I guess, is a doctor. And so he goes by Dr. Dr. Dog. Dog. And then later on, you'll see that they, they call each other mama dog and daddy dog. <laughs> I was about to make a joke that was like in the group chat, all the sons and Will are like, all right, dogs on three, one, two, three, dogs. And then they all go, woof, 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 woof. Like I can imagine there are so many dog emojis being posted. And I also have to imagine there are some, like, sexy times about doggy style. Like, I just, there are so many possibilities. But not important. We're back with Karen, Carrie, who knows. Um, <laughs> she is spiraling. And he walks back into the room and he's like, what's wrong? And she's like, you rejected me. He's like, no, I was going to do this. And then proposes. And he's like, she's like, no, no, no. You don't have to propose to me just because I'm pregnant. I don't want you to feel obligated because we can co-parent. And he is like, it's not because of the baby. And I want to yell at him and be like, it's precisely because of the baby that you are going to a hospital gift shop to pick up a engagement ring somebody has repeat trauma from the last time they got somebody (laughs) pregnant i give them a year tops apparently i I don't blame them because i bet if that teen pregnancy is very hard it when you're not planning on it and maybe he just has some stuff that he's trying to work on but it just could be a trauma response because i'm just saying he does say quote the baby is icing on an all relative Oh, look. Sorry, let me start this whole thing over. Take the that. Baby- <laughs> I want to back. Take that. I want to back. Uh, make your booty go. Okay, so, quote, the baby is icing on an already decadent cake, end quote. Also, don't ever talk about my present pregnancy as a decadent cake. A decadent cake weeks in the making. Weeks in the making. <laughs> Highly anticipated very decadent cake so of course she says yes and they start making out and the doctor walks in and was like can't 
I I can't imagine how you guys got pregnant. Yeah. Like what? Oh, I don't like that response either. <laughs> uh, now there are two epilogues. Okay, mm-hmm. the first one is a month after her baby's born. Okay, and uh, they're celebrating the producer's baby. Um, yes. Anyway, that's not really an important epilogue. It was literally thirty pages. I didn't give a shit. The second epilogue is them celebrating their tenth anniversary. Mm. I think if I'm if I understood it correctly. And they go skydiving for it. So it sounds like they're doing like bucket list items for their anniversary now. Like because they had met, that was how they met. Mm -hmm. And then like they do like a little witty banter. And then she was like, you want to take me to the car in the parking lot and fuck me? And he was like, yes. And that's the end. Good. Good for them. (laughs) So with that said i just want to ask you as we're finished here do you think they ended like if they were real life couple do you think they would end up together like i mean they last look hard to say i mean instinctually i would say the odds might not necessarily be in their favor but sometimes when you know you just know and you just know after a couple of weeks and the icing on top of that is that you happen to have got that person pregnant you know, I don't want to say we're using pregnancy as any sort of tool in a relationship. And I'm just going to leave it there. We're going to put a period on that and we're going to move to our scorecards. I, well, here's one more thing. I am proud of these um, now 50 something year old parents for getting a babysitter for what would be their now nine or 10 year old child so that they could go jump out of a plane. Look, find the romance where you can. It's like, on the one hand, 100% live your own life, and I'm really proud of you. And also, I hope you lined up your wills before you did it, because you've got a 10-year-old kid. Also, you've got so many older brothers to babysit your kid. Um, yeah, you have, now you have, I'm assuming, the gender of the baby. Did they say if the baby was a, a girl? Okay, so we almost, well, you could have seven brides for six brothers and one sister, or yeah. perhaps six brides and one groom for six sons and one daughter evie mitchell this is our pitch to you or perhaps seven non-binary individuals for the wolf pack go dogs go dogs go there's another puppy in the litter there's another pup in the litter for this dog family okay we're done with that we are done with this the diversity we saw in this book obviously age representation Mm -hmm. family dynamics being unique Mm -hmm. um we had that one possibly all three married to each other grapple which was fun yes we have um also the producer i believe does not have a partner and so she was very proud of doing the single mom thing yeah and um obviously we have a curvy woman Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's like a lot. I think, you know, obviously it's Evie's goal to make very inclusive stuff. I've I know the summaries of a lot of the other books. Um, I know she also has a all access series. I think that's the name of the series, and it's hmm. all about people with different disabilities. Oh, sweet. Um, uh, and different kinks and different interests sexually. Nope. Um, I know there's one that involves a woman in a wheelchair and maybe some tying up of BDSM. Um, mm-hmm. And so anyway, I, I just have to applaud this author. I don't know if she's doing it perfect because I don't represent all of those communities, but at least, you know, she's got 
quite a bit of stuff out there to represent a lot of different relationships. Yes. Do you have anything else? To add? Oh, I just loved it. Um, okay, plot wise, yes. What are you going to give it out of a five? I am going to give it a five. I thought it was robust and interesting. I liked that there was uh, a variety in age. I do not understand being. I just personally didn't come from a family where we were that open about our smang and smashing and banging, but I'm happy for this family that they could all talk about it in group chat. And it's, I just thought this was really fascinating and I liked it. That's great. I mm -hmm. gave it a four. Um, for how short it was, it was pretty good. Um, I thought some of the stuff didn't hold up. Well, no. <laughs> I I... Some of the stuff I was like, ah, don't love that. Some um, of the stuff I wrote, this is my, what, the smut? I'm not going to tell you right now. We'll get into great. it later. Okay. So uh, smut-wise, as somebody mm -hmm. who read the scene, which there was really only one solid smut scene, mm -hmm. it was pretty vanilla. I mean, there was a lot yeah. of dirty talk. Like I said, it was, it felt very awkward, dirty talk, um, and not very sincere, but, um, I think I gave it a three. It just feels very middle yeah. ground because it was explicit, but it's, I don't know. Didn't do a whole lot. In I was going to say three as okay. well, rather mid. Um, well in there, I have the link to the cover. Now I will disclose at this time, there are two covers she did upgrade her covers to be the cartoon covers, which if you Ooh. follow us, you know that a lot of rom com type authors have swapped over to this kind of cartoon style of cover. So this is the more recent updated cover. Yes. Love what? it. It's super cute. So um, we've got in like a fun pink kind of, woo I don't know, whooshy font, also kind of 80s. It kind of gives me yeah yeah that's kind of 80s vibes sort of it says resolution revolution and it's on a blue background and we're seeing um mountain mountain climbing was this one of the I resolutions don't, <laughs> this uh, this okay i'm gonna be very honest with you this whole cover is so confusing to me because they definitely went zip lining uh -huh. that was okay. supposed okay. to be the thing maybe unless they i completely misunderstood maybe the entire they thing i'm up a rock cliff yeah. and then they Who zip, zip off of it i can't know but anyway just hey, so you no, know no 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 i get to i get to vouch myself here so you no, go ahead go you ahead hear me out in the description who thought zip lining corporate bonding experience would turn into finding the love of my life so it is zip lining but it definitely looks like she's freaking rock climbing in this I, thing let me i'm happy to include more detail as i describe okay, this cover sorry. so it is on there's like a very bright blue background and like just line drawing background like scenery of mountains and trees and it's in white line drawing and in the foreground there is a cliffside there is a beautiful blonde curvy woman in a ponytail wearing for sure climbing gear and i know this because she's got a little sack of flour or it's like of chalk to chalk her hands on her hip. That is true. Which you use for climbing and you would not at all need for zip lining. I would know because I zip line. Um, I'm upset just personally because I her she is wearing like yoga pants, but they're red and they're not Yoda pants. So that's yeah. too bad. Um, oh, that is another. Yeah, that's no. I mean, I'm sure that you can't get the rights to that, but I was just so excited about Yoda pants. Um, and also I just, I just remembered that fun fact about the book. Um, anyway, so that is, that's Karen. That's Carrie. 
That's Carrie. It's Carrie or Karen, whichever you prefer. And then sort of like below her a little bit is Will. And he is, I mean, he does look like he works in lumber. He's got, I think his be he's got like a beard. Yeah. Facial hair thing. And that looks kind of grayish or like a lighter color. Like he's supposed to be in his 40s. And so he sort of looks maybe a little older, but also sort of not really. Um yeah. And he's got like, you know, swoopy darker hair and he's wearing a red, uh, like pushed up sleeve. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, flannel. Little, thank you. A flannel. Um, and he's got a big old watch and he's wearing some khakis and he's just kind of leaving one supporting hand up on uh, Karen like, as she climbs, which is a no, no. I would know because I worked at camp. You need to oh. have hands like spoons, both hands up ready at any time. I'm so glad we have your expertise here. You're welcome. So oh, it's by Evie Mitchell. It says Evie Mitchell on the bottom in my font. But it's yeah. cute. It's very cute. It's a very cute. Yeah. I'm giving the cover three because I feel like, again, everybody's doing. Um, I, I'm really turned off by the, the rock climbing. I almost want to go down to it, too. But I'm going to keep it at a three. Um, what are you going to give it? We're going to give it a 3.5 because it looks cute. And technically, if I had not read the book before and I looked at this cover, I would not know to be upset about the fact that they're rock climbing instead of zip lining. So, well, that ends that ends with uh, me at 66% and you at 76%. Nice. Uh, let's quickly go over our Sisma moments. Sisma. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that the cover is one of my Sisma moments. No, um, I'm going to say the fact that you saw some dusty ass dusty condoms condoms yeah. and you even yeah. had the cognitive thought of yeah these might break uh you just didn't do anything with that and then you were shocked when she ends I, up pregnant yeah. the fact that in the description was something to the effect of like the design of the packaging made it clear that they were very old yeah no yeah no and yes yes absolutely condoms expire absolutely condoms expire they do look at the dates i me hope your friend is telling you whoever is listening to this podcast check the expiration wow 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 it was also my my say smut i will also say the fact that the sons were so chill talking about sex with their dad and being like yeah marry her it hasn't been that long at all we love her it's all good like what i'm proud of no. them for their uh open hearts and open minds yeah you also don't you're not even talking about the trauma of like some of those kids if they were in foster care or whatever situation they may have come from Anyway, these kids were all good. Stability. As far as we know, no problems for these kids. No problem. Everything is fine and normal. Any other seismic moments? Because I feel like I could have listed off five more at least. But um, no. I just remembered that the last name is Dog with two G's. Also a seismic moment. Also making Not out in front of your kids in front of a restaurant mm -hmm. and giving heavy tongue and like mm -hmm. gripping each other like your lives depend on it. Boy, mm -hmm. they. Well, that is our book. Thank you for joining us. You can find us if you so choose on TikTok and Instagram at at say smut podcast. Additionally, we would love to hear your book recommendations. Send those our way via email at say smut podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to pop us a rating and or review on the podcast platform of your choosing, we would appreciate it, but don't be mean just to be mean. Be critical critical like you know be, you know be tough but fair but yeah be fair we're all about fairness mm -hmm. um otherwise stay smutty y'all
Yes, Bye. thank you for joining us in the dog pound. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> Bye. Amazing.